Do you like low taxes more than tall buildings? Does quality of life sound like an oxymoron? Do you wish work from home was more about home? Then Ohio is for you. Ohio has a business-friendly climate with 0% taxes on corporate income, R&D investments, and goods sold out of state. With a highly skilled and growing workforce, a low cost of living, and a high quality of life, Ohio is better for businesses and employees. Because Ohio isn't built for followers, they're building for leaders. Check out ohioisforleaders.com to learn more. Do you sometimes get the sense that debates about America's role in the world are predictable and often disconnected from reality? Our new podcast tries to change that. None of the Above offers new ideas to help confront America's global challenges. Subscribe to None of the Above today. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Free speech is under assault like never before. Freedom is under attack more now than ever before. Because radical doesn't mean crazy. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. With the help of the media, big tech, and the global elite, the left is attempting to seize control of my generation. It's time to fight back. It's time to let freedom ring. Hey guys, how are we doing? It's October 12th, 2021. October 12th, 2021. And Joe Biden is officially still the worst president in American history. Now, we got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about Terry McAuliffe saying that critical race theory is not in Virginia schools, but we'll prove to you that it is. We're going to go over to the Southwest, what they're not telling you, but the Southwest airline strike. We're going to talk about the North Carolina Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. We're going to talk about us losing to China. We're going to talk about Joe Biden canceling contracts to build the border wall. But let's start with this video that I saw that needs to be uh, played everywhere. Ready? I've been an airline pilot for 18 years, and now I'm facing an ultimatum. Not a choice, but an ultimatum. I'm being told in order to continue my career as an airline pilot, I must be vaccinated, which really means I have to choose between putting food on the table for my family and my freedom of choice. Whether you believe in vaccination is the right thing to do or not, the situation goes far beyond health. We, the American people, have fought for freedom for 257 years. We go around the world spreading ideas of freedom and democracy. We help other countries and people fight for their freedoms while ours are being stripped away. You may think being forced to wear a mask or get a vaccination is insignificant, but when you begin to compile mandate after mandate and loss of freedom after freedom, it becomes very significant. As each thing is taken away, we face what is known as the shifting baseline syndrome. This syndrome changes our idea of a new and acceptable normal. Soon, we will not remember what it was like to have the freedoms we once did. Our children and our grandchildren will experience less freedom, and they won't have the privilege or the pleasure to enjoy the same choices our parents had or that we have. If we give into these mandates and we do not stand up for our freedom of choice, we dishonor every armed service person over the last 257 years. A disservice to the people who have fought and bled for the very freedoms we enjoy. Whether you believe in vaccination or not, I'm standing up for your freedom of choice. You may support the vaccine mandates because they fall in line with your current beliefs. But if we let this happen now, there will be a day when what you're told to do will not fall in line with your beliefs. 
if we do not stand together and fight back in one voice. Soon, we could be told where to live, what job we will do, what religion to believe, and how many children we can have. Do you really want someone telling your children or your grandchildren what, when, and how they will live every minute of their lives? It's time we take a stance. It's time we fight for our freedom of choice while we still can. Join us. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't necessarily think that that actually is an actual airline pilot. I think it's an actor, but I think the sentiment really does stay true. Because when when I'm listening to him, as I just listened to it with you, all I can think about is Ronald Reagan's famous quote, is one day, if we're not careful, people like me and you will be telling our grandkids what it was like to live in America when man was free. Because the left, I mean, this has been said time after time again. If, if socialism and communism is to come to this country, it will not come in the, in the disguise of communism or socialism. It will come in the idea of liberalism and the idea of making sure that everyone is taken care of, they say. Well, listen, what he said about the moving of the paradox is 100% true. This is what I was thinking about uh, the other day. I do a lot of thinking. I know it doesn't always come through. But I do do a lot of thinking. And what I was thinking about is we talk a lot about Bernie Sanders being a socialist and this and that and the other, right? Let's just say, for instance, for argument's sake, Bernie Sanders is not a socialist. I think he is. He calls himself a socialist. He'll say he's not, right? Let's say his ideas aren't that crazy, which they are. What become? What comes next? Who comes in 10 years and says Bernie Sanders didn't go far enough? Who comes in 15, 20 years and says Bernie Sanders did not come far enough? If you look back to the green... Or, sorry, sorry, to the to the New Deal under uh, President FDR. Republicans said this was crazy. And now all the issues that were in the New Deal are now considered a part of normal life. So we fought and we fought and we fought and we fought and we fought. And now they're normal. And so we need to actually can start to fight about against this. So this leads me to this article in the Western Journal. It says Southwest cancels hundreds of flights again, denies it's due to massive COVID vax protests. Southwest Airlines has canceled over 2,000 flights this weekend and hundreds more on Monday as pilots are reportedly refusing to work as a result of, of the COVID vaccine mandate, although it's tough to confirm that a, quote, sick out is occurring at this time. Southwest Pilots Association denied a sick out in a news release issued Saturday, which said SWAPA is aware of operational difficulties affecting Southwest Airlines today due to a number of issues, but we can say with confidence that our pilots are not participating in any official or unofficial job actions. The Pilots Association filed a lawsuit against the company on Friday requesting that a federal court block the company's ability to mandate the vaccine. They argue it violates the Railway Labor Act, according to Bloomberg. Now, what is the Railway Labor Act? Well, the Railway Labor Act sets guidelines for relations between unions and airlines. Now, as you remember, the Biden administration put out rules for airline employees to get the vaccine as they have contracts with the federal government. Most major airlines are complying with the guidance, including Southwest, and it's starting to come back to bite them. Bloomberg said, quote, the new vaccine mandate unlawfully imposes new conditions of employment and the new policy threatens termination of any pilot not fully vaccinated in, by December 2008. This is according to Bloomberg that said, quote, the new vaccine mandate unlawfully. Southwest Airlines additional new unilateral, unilateral, unilateral modification of the party's collective bargaining agreement is a clear violation of the RLA, the Railway Labor Act. 
The airline cited weather and air traffic control issues for the sweeping cancellations and even dismissed concerns that the staff was protesting its newly imposed vaccine mandate, which went along with the Biden admin guidance. A spokesperson for uh, Southwest said, quote, it's inaccurate, she said in an email to CNBC. There's a lot of unfounded rumor and speculation circulating. Well, why is it only you? Why isn't Delta or Spirit or anybody else saying that? However, the Federal Aviation Association said that there were no staffing shortages being reported for air traffic control and that the weather concerns in Florida were minimal. In addition, other airlines were not experiencing delays and cancellations on the same scale. They said, quote, no FAA air traffic staffing shortages have been reported since Friday. Flight delays and cancellations occurred for a few hours Friday afternoon due to widespread severe weather, military training, and limited staffing in one area of the Jacksonville and Root Center, the government agency tweeted Sunday. Some airlines continue to experience scheduling challenges due to aircrafts and crews being, quote, out of place. It seems to me that Southwest is poorly attempting damage control for the internal issues that they are facing with the mandate, and their customers who had flights this Columbus Day weekend certainly took note. Ted Cruz put out a, a tweet, you know, uh, quoting an article from CNBC that was titled, Southwest Airline Cancels 1,000 More Flights as Disruptions Mount, saying, quote, Joe Biden's illegal vaccine mandate is at work. Suddenly we're short on pilots and air traffic controllers. Hashtag thanks Joe. He's 100% right. Now, if the pilots are really taking action against a vaccine mandate, they should be applauded, as it will likely be tough for people who simply do not want the shot to claim a medical or religious exemption. Incidents like these will continue to occur if legal action is not taken against the contentious mandates. The entire economy will presumably take a hit. This is the, the article was via Cameron Arcand over at uh, over at the Western Journal. Smart, smart guy. Definitely, he, he started his young, not stupid column. Uh, forever ago and then now it's actually I, I saw that actually when he was like young not stupid.com and now it's actually uh, in the western journal so definitely you know congratulations to him but what is being said is a hundred percent true they're trying to impose these mandates on people they're trying to impose these mandates on people and this is not going to go well the american people although some vote against it are overwhelmingly for freedom they overwhelmingly want the right to be able to do what they want to do whenever they want to do it. And when you do something like this and you say that on the vast majority of things that you don't have the right to do it, this is what happens. This is overwhelmingly what happens. Now, let's get into this uh, via, the Nor via North Carolina. Look, a lot of people have said that these social media politicians will never turn out to anything and that they, you know, uh, they're not going to do anything in office. Well, a social media politician is Mark Robinson in North Carolina. He's a Lieutenant governor. And he is, he is absolutely, you know, I, <laughs> he should run for the Senate someday. I mean, this guy, this is the guy who many years ago stood up, uh, the black guy stood up at a city council or county commission meeting and said, you know, basically, you know, I, I want my, everybody knows who he is. If you look up Mike Robinson, you know who I'm talking about, but it's via Breitbart. It says the North Carolina lieutenant governor will not be bullied into into submission by the left for calling transgenderism transgenderism promotion in schools filth. North Carolina lieutenant governor Mark Robinson has made clear that he will not succumb to the leftist calls for his resignation for labeling the promotion of transgenderism and homosexualities in school as filth. He referred to the promotion of transgenderism and homosexuality as filth in a clip that was recorded 
in the June Asbury Baptist Church in Seagrove, North Carolina, according to the CBS seven. According to CBS seventeen, the clip has recently made its way around social media. Let's see if I can find that actually real quick. I think I did. Hold on. Mark Robinson is actually <laughs> Mark Robinson needs to be higher than lieutenant governor. He needs more say because you know there's that democratic. Uh, so here we're gonna play it. The clip actually. One second. We have got to wrestle this away from those folks. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it is flat out child abuse. Take your children and tell them they have to attend school. Don't have a choice. And then some of them will tell them they don't want you to have a choice where they go to school. You have to send your children here to school. Then when they get there, what do they teach them? Teach them a bunch of stuff about how to hate America. Teach them a bunch of stuff about why they're racist. Teach them a bunch of stuff about transgenderism and homosexuality. I'm saying this now, and I've been saying it, and I don't care who likes it. Those issues have no place in a school. There's no reason anybody anywhere in America should be telling any child about transgenderism, homosexuality, any of that filth. And yes, I called it filth. And if you don't like it that I called it filth, come see me and I'll explain it to you. It's time for us to stop letting these children be abused at these schools. And it's not going to happen till the people of God stand up and demand different. Yeah, I 100% agree with them. As many of my listeners probably do as well. As the vast majority of this country. You can go poll Democrats right now and I'll bet you good money that a vast majority of Democrats don't necessarily want their, their kids being exposed to this. The video sparked outrage on the left, obviously. Deputy White House Press Secretary Andrew Bates referred to the clip as repugnant and offensive, according to Fox News. Others on the left have called for Robert Robinson's resignation, including, including North Carolina State Senators Willie Nickel and Jeff Jackson, saying, quote, I agree with Je uh, Jeff Jackson said North Carolina's Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson just angrily referred to the LGBT community as filth. And he says, yes, I called it filth. There's no debate here. This is open discrimination. It's completely unacceptable. He should resign. Senator Wiley Nichols said, I agree with uh, Jeff Jackson. Mark Robinson is a disgrace and an embarrassment to our state. He should resign immediately. I stand with the LGBTQ community. I hope you will join me in condemning this hate speech from the most senior Republican elected official in our state. Notice they didn't call him white supremacists because that'd be great. Um, that's not what he said. He said promoting it in schools is illegal. And he actually responded uh, to this, and we'll play that clip too. Viciously attacked because of a clip video where I talk about removing the sexualization of children from the classrooms in our public education system. Of course, the media and those on the left have tried to change the focus from education to the LGBTQ community, specifically that I hate them. Let me be clear. I will fight for and protect the rights of all citizens, including those in the LGBTQ community to, to express themselves however they want. That is their right as Americans, and I don't think that government has any role in telling them otherwise. However, the idea that our children should be taught about concepts of transgenderism and be exposed to sexually explicit materials in the classroom is abhorrent. Earlier in the year, my office released a report about indoctrination in public schools. In it, there was reference to a book titled George that a parent found in their child's school. So as you see, Mark Robinson is actually a fighter. That's a big problem. We don't have a lot of fighters on the Republican side. But you won't hear about this. I, I looked this up online. There are dozens of people calling him a white supremacist. Why? Because he won't subscribe to, to critical race theory 
But Terry McAuliffe, a white guy running in uh, Virginia as a Democrat, will will call for critical race theory to be taught. We'll get into that in just a second. But Mark Robinson, a black guy, a Republican, won't because he's on the wrong side of the, of the oppression hierarchy because he's a Republican. If Here's how this works. The oppression hierarchy basically says that, you know, if you're a straight white male, you're all the way at the bottom and pretty much your opinions are valid at the top of it. I'm not even quite sure. It'd probably be some pansexual, transgender, multi-race, gender-fluid person because they're the most oppressed, obviously, so they get to talk the most, right? Well, because Mark Robinson doesn't, doesn't succumb to the leftist ideology saying that you must support the radical changing of America, uh, their youth, the beliefs of the youth through this thing that many people call critical race theory, then you're racist, obviously. that That's obviously true, right? You got to be racist, right? You and me who don't support critical race theory, we're racist. Now, we're going to get into Terry McAuliffe, but first, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go on your phone. I need you to look up theconservativebriefing.com. When you get that, put in your email, your first name, and your last name, and every morning you'll get about a five-minute newsletter uh, telling you everything you need to know. Some days you can't listen to this podcast. That's 100% acceptable. Uh, at least come back the next day. But what I need you to do is go and subscribe to that newsletter because when you do, you will get everything that I talk about here. Uh, no paywall. I'm not one of those people who are going to charge you money to read stories that you can find out, you can find elsewhere online for free. So make sure you go to theconservativebriefing.com. Now, this is via The Federalist, via Ellie Reynolds over at The Federalist. Virginia Democratic gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe's disastrous interview with a local station on Friday didn't just show his unpreparedness and inability to budge from one-line talking points. It outed him as a bald-faced liar. He was asked, how do you define critical race theory? He said, I answered this question very very clearly. Actually, you know what? He can tell you. We're going to play the clip. Turn your attention to critical race theory. It's been talked about as well yeah, quite yeah, a bit yeah. recently. I have two questions for you on this. So how sure. do you define critical race theory? I answer this question very clearly. It's not taught in Virginia, and it's never been taught in Virginia. And as I've said this a lot, it's a dog whistle. It's racial, it's division, and it's used by Glenn Youngkin and others. This is the same thing with Trump and the border wall to divide people. We should not be dividing people in school. So how do you define it? it, it Anita, it is not taught here in Virginia. But how do you define it? Doesn't matter. It's not taught here in well, Virginia, so I'm not going to spend my time on, on what it is. I'm not even spending my time because the school board and everyone else has come out and said it's not taught. It's racist. It's a dog whistle. But if we don't have a definition, how can we say it's racist? I just want a definition from yeah. you. It, it's not taught here in Virginia. We can ask about any topic. Here's what I've said all along, and it really bothers me. You know, I re- it really bothers me. This whole idea of stirring parents up to create divisions. Our children are going through such challenges today because of COVID. And we're talking about something here today, wasting precious viewers' time who want to know what I'm going to do on health care, what I'm going to do on job creation. And we're talking about something that's not taught in Virginia. Well, as we'll point out here in a minute, he's wrong. But as you watched, he was very condescending to the host who probably agree with him on most things. He's very hostile. But yes, critical race theory is indeed taught in Virginia classrooms. In fact, there may be no other state in the union where examples of this radical and pervasive critical race theory in the public school system is found more. For instance, in Alexandria, a page on the Alexandria City Public Schools website promotes resources including, quote, how to be an anti-racist by Ibram X. Kennedy, 
White Fragility by Robert D'Angelo, White Rage by Carol Anderson, White Teachers Need an Anti-Racist Therapy, and Why Teaching Grit is Apparently Anti-Black by Bettina Love. Another Alexandria City Public Schools webpage encourages parents to, quote, let go of colorblindness and, quote, ensure your kids are aware of race while also linking to a Forbes article that suggests understanding, quote, our country's deeply rooted racism with resources such as an article encouraging readers to donate to their Black Lives Matter chapter, ask the representatives to decriminalize marijuana, ask the representatives to ban voter ID laws, join their local, quote, white space, and ask their public high school to to teach a mandatory class on white privilege. There's another article titled, quote, White People Have No Culture, and, quote, Black Marxism, The Making of a Black Radical Tradition by Cedric Robinson. That's just in Alexandria. In Loudoun County, Loudoun County Public Schools first hired a consulting firm, the Equity Collaborative, in April 2019, and has since poured money into critical race theory consultants. The Equity Collaborative, which LCPS paid more than $400,000 for an equity audit, operates on the assumption that, quote, racism controls the political, social, and economic realms of U.S. society. Monica Gill, a 25-year veteran government and history teacher in Loudoun County, observed in June, quote, much of what is being touted in Loudoun County teacher trainings and trickling down into the classrooms are poisonous fruit straight off the critical race theory tree. But the Loudoun County School Board also infuriated teachers and parents in the fall 2020 when it tried to introduce a code of conduct for employees that would prohibit even, quote, private speech that was, quote, not in alignment with the school's division's commitment to action-oriented equity practices. Those equity practices include the school district's, quote, action plans to combat systemic racism and its comprehensive equity plan. Andrea Weiskopf, an English and Latin teacher in Riverbend Middle School in Loudoun County, tweeted in June, quote, the best thing about the summer is I can spend all my time planning how to incorporate critical race theory into my lessons. In Fairfax County, Superintendent Scott Brabend announced in a survey to parents over the summer that Fairfax County Public Schools would be, quote, developing an anti-racism, anti-bias education curriculum policy. The survey came from a New York consulting firm, which FSPS has contracted with for a four-year CRT program, which is paid nearly $50,000 a year from the uh, FSPS chief equity officer. Fairfax schools also sent a PowerPoint to teachers in July explaining that CRT is an interpretive framework that it quote examines the appearance of race and racism across dominant cultural modes of expression. You can also find it in Arlington County. The director of diversity and inclusion at Arlington public schools asked Amazon to send the school district copies of quote stamped racism, anti-racism in you by critical race grifter, Kendi, uh, Ibram X Kendi there, after which Amazon sent hundreds of copies back to the school system for the tune of $5,000. Now you get to conservative Powhatan County, not too far from where my family has some land. Ashley Bateman reported for the Federalist in July, quote, County Supervisor David Williams shared slides from the Virginia Inquiry Collaborative, VIC, a consortium encouraging race-based teaching to include the oppressiveness of white culture and learning through the lens of systemic Racism in the Virginia Department of Education 2020 Equity Summit, critical race theorist Bettina Love gave a keynote address about systemic racism and dismantling capitalism. McAuliffe is wrong. McAuliffe is wrong, but but you shouldn't have a say. You live in Virginia. You shouldn't have a say in what your kids your kids learn. Watch. Veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledge about it, also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually you take books out and make their own decisions. You vetoed it. So, yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. But, you know, not I get really tired. So this really does raise a question is what 
makes you think this, this Terry McAuliffe obviously thinks that he should be, you know, your kid's parents. That's what he thinks. But I'll tell you this. It seems to me that the left may have, may have, may have jumped too far because of a, a majority of Virginians disagree with McAuliffe's sentiment. It's a tweet via Corey A. DeAngelis says new Virginia polling asking parents should quote, should parents or school boards have more influence in their school's curriculum? Parents, 52%, school boards, 33%, unsure, 16%. It's clear critical race theory is rampant in Virginia public schools, and McAuliffe is either lying out of his rear, you know what, or ignorant to a disqualifying degree out of one of the hottest topics in his state. McAuliffe may just lose, and I'd be so happy if he lost. Look, Glenn Youngkin's not even the most conservative guy in the world. But if a Republican wins in Virginia... You best believe the the left is going to start start falling apart. Now, the Pentagon's first software chief ever resigned, saying, quote, the U.S. has already lost to China on cyber. Quote, it's already a done deal. But before we get into that, I need you to go over to built.com. That's B-U-I-L-T dot com and pick yourself up some protein bars. These protein bars, absolutely delicious. Absolutely delicious. You need to pick some up. Use code LETFREEDOMRING. You'll get 12% off your order. When you do that, you will help out the show. Help me get buffer so I can beat more liberals in the marketplace of ideas. Go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T.com. Use code LETFREEDOMRING. Now, the head software chief of the Pentagon, Nicholas Chayan, believes the United States will, quote, no competing chance against China and cyber within the next two decades. Chayan, 37, resigned his post as the first chief software officer officer at the Pentagon last week over the slow pace of the United States cyber and tech development, which is putting the nation at risk of falling behind China. In Chayan's views, the U.S. has already lost the battle. He said, quote, we have no competing fighting chance against China in the next 15 to 20 years. Right now, it's already a done deal. It's already over, in my opinion, Chayan told Financial Times in his first media interview since resigning his post. There is, quote, a good reason to be angry, he added. Chayan blamed misallocation of military resources, overregulation, and failure of U.S. tech companies to aid the federal government in tech research for the United States' poor position on tech and cyber. The Times reported, reported quote, whether it, whether it takes a war or not is kind of anecdotal, he said, arguing China was set to dominate the future of the world, controlling everything from the media narratives to geopolitics. He added U.S. cyber defenses and some government departments were at, quote, a kindergarten level. He also blamed the reluctance of Google to work with the U.S. Defense Department on AI and extensive debates over AI ethics for slowing the U S down by contrast. He said, Chinese companies are obliged to work with Beijing and making a massive investment into AI without regards of ethics. The former software chief explained his resignation in an open letter to LinkedIn on, on September 2nd quote. I realized more clearly than ever that in 20 years from now, our children, both of the U S and our allies will have no chance competing in a world where China has a dra drastic advantage of population over the U S if the U S can't match the booming hardworking population in China, then we have to win by being smarter, more efficient and forward leaning through agility, rapid prototyping and innovation. We have to be ahead and lead. We can't afford to be behind. He went on to state that quote underutilized and poorly leveraged during his time in the Pentagon. He ripped DOD leadership for poorly staffing it departments in the DOD. He said, quote, I told my leadership that I could have fixed enterprise IT in six months if empowered. Yet with my 22 years of experience, uh, expertise running IT innovation, I was underly utilized and poorly leveraged by the DOD as most of my time wasted trying to convince folks to engage with me and consider more relevant and efficient solutions while I watched as they continue to deliver capabilities that do not meet the basic needs of our warfighters, Cheyenne wrote. 
Quote, the DOD should stop pretending they want industry folks to come and help if they are not going to let them do the work. While we, while we wasted time in the bureaucracy, our adversaries moved further ahead. I, as many of us, have been working for three years now to convince various teams and partner to partner and merge across the department. We don't need different stacks for the same sake of egos. Egos. Ego waffles are really good, though. There are 100,000 software developers in the DoD, he later added. We are the largest software organization on the planet. We have almost no shared repositories and little to no co collaboration across DoD services. We need diversity of options if there are tangible benefits to duplicating work, not because of silos created purposely to allow senior officials to satisfy, satisfy their thirst for power. You hear that, folks? Did you hear that? The Biden administration is failing you domestically and foreign, but no mean tweets. And as we'll get into, the domestic threat just became a lot worse because the DHS has canceled contracts to build the border wall in sectors where the crisis is the worst. This is via uh, Bongino.com. The Department of Homeland Security has announced that amid a, a historic border crisis, they canceled existing contracts to build the border wall in exact sectors where the crisis is the worst. Wow. But Biden said he had a plan. Biden knew what he was doing. He had a plan. He was going to he was going to to help us defeat the evils of this. It's just not true. It's just not going to happen. The Biden administration, according to the Post Millennial, the Department of Homeland Security recently canceled US border wall contracts with the reason being the available funds needed to quote consistent with their appropriated purpose under the current law. In terms of official numbers, when Pew Research last checked in, migrant encounters at the U.S.-Mexico border were at a 21-year high. Internationally, as people as far away as Uzbekistan recognize that American southern border is an open door. A government press release lists off the details specifically that the Department of Homeland Security Border Patrol border plan now entails canceling all contracts of the Border uh, Patrol throughout the Laredo and Rio Grande Valley sectors of the border. Now, it's important to point out the Rio Grande Valley has the most illegals passing through any border sector, while Laredo also nears top of the list. Last week, we learned from the Biden former uh, border security chief Rodney Scott that the U.S. is now paying at least $5 million per day to build now $5 million per day not to build the border wall. He, speaking about Biden, clearly understands and knows how to control the border and what needs to be take place, Scott told Fox's special report. Quote, it was very clear that there are people involved in this process that have been involved before, and they're choosing not to take simple common sense steps to secure the border. Many of those projects today are still on hold, so we're paying contractors for a while. It was almost $5 million a day between DOD and DHS not to build the wall. Not to build it. Why? Because Orange Man Bad wanted you to build it. It sure looks like they, now to me, it sure looks like they want this crisis to worsen, doesn't it? To me, it seems like they want this crisis to get worse. Here, let's play actually part of that clip uh, from, Bet, from from um, with Brett Baer. What were the, the instructions after the transition of administrations when it came to the wall? So a presidential proclamation came out, and uh, it was a 60-day pause that it's uh, publicly available. Uh, we're supposed to do an in-depth study and then come up with a plan going forward. Uh, so Border Patrol did its part, everything. Um, that was done within about two weeks. Uh, several briefings later, uh, there really had not been any decisions made. It went well beyond the 60 days. Uh, many of those projects today are just still on hold. So we're paying contractors uh, for a while. It was almost $5 million a day between DOD and DHS. Just to not. To work. not build the border wall. There's wait, wait, wait. $5 million a day. 
This sounds actually like 100% like Democrats paying people not to work. That's that's actually the Democratic playbook. That's our fault, really, guys. Day ...to not build the wall. To not build a wall. Even though they have all the stuff, they have... There are stacks and stacks of border wall uh, panels. There's hundreds of miles of fiber optic cabling. Uh, there's hundreds of, bo- of cameras that were being installed with that uh, that are just sitting. There's no action being taken. So... What do they say when the briefing is, well, this really helps us? If we could just plug this in, if we could just finish this thing, what do they say? We're not building more well. There's no conversation. There's no, there's no adult dialogue, if you will. It's just, it's just a black and white decision. The administration said we're not doing it, so we're not doing it. That money is just trickling away to those contractors for not doing work each day. I, I, I need to get a job with the... Uh with the, with, with, yeah, I mean, that pay me $5 million a day not to work. Why don't they? There's a couple of reasons. Listen, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. They're bringing in hundreds of thousands of people a month, which then in, in, their also long-term plan is to give these people citizenship. Who do you think they're going to vote for? <laughs> doesn't take a rocket scientist. They're wasting $5 million a day while complaining about us not being able to come to a debt reconciliation. Well, if you're wasting $5 million a day because orange man's bad and it's racist to want to stop people from coming across our border unchecked, even though Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, even Joe Biden at one point, every Democrat before this has never supported open borders, but, but, but it's racist because Trump was actually wanted to, to get it done. So because of that, we're going to spend $5 million a day. Then we're going to cancel the contracts after, shoot, I don't know. I'm probably getting close to 200 days. What's that? 200 times 5 million. I don't know what that is. I'm going to do that math real quick. But seriously, think about it. Why do you think that it is that they want to do this, that they want to waste this money because they know if they spend this money, that's a uh, that's close. Uh, it's actually uh, $1 billion so far. Uh, if my math is correct, roughly, that's been wasted on this $5 million a day. But because of that, they want to bring these people over, give them citizenship, let them vote, and have a complete 100% rule over you. Now think about this. Why else do they want to make Puerto Rico and D.C. a state? They don't want to make the others a state, the others that typically vote conservative. They don't want to make those, just, just the two that don't vote Republican. They want to make those They want to make those a state because that's four U.S. senators, which will pretty much make it impossible for Republicans to ever win uh, the majority in the Senate again. As you see right now, what what Republicans are able to do if we just keep it 50-50 because the left is eating their own. This is important, folks. Next year, we can't afford not to get out and vote. Biden's approval, approval ratings are so low that Terry McAuliffe, the clown we talked about earlier, is distancing himself. He was talking against the reconciliation bill saying that it's too much. Even he was, so he's doing polling up in Northern Virginia, which is like, I think 95% Democrat almost. And that polling is leading him to believe he needs to step away from this bill. That's in a liberal part of the country and of the state. What do you think? I don't know. Arizona thinks about it or Georgia thinks about it. What do you think these people think about it? What do you think these people think about it? This is really important that we stay on message and we continue. We cannot afford to lose next year. Because Biden, after his midterm, I can promise you is going to get a lot more radical because he won't have to worry 
about about winning in the midterms. He won't have to. Guys, this is actually really serious. Hey, Noah here. I wanted to take a second because I realized I don't know if you know who I am. So I like to take the last few minutes of every single show to tell you who I am. I mean, you're turning to the dial right now. You know, you may have no, have no idea who I am. My name is Noah Ring. I'm foremost the, uh, the, the most prominent college conservative activist in the country. Uh, I got my start a couple of years ago. Uh, in 2016-ish, you know, working uh, to try to help uh, Donald Trump get elected. Since then, uh, obviously, I've grown up a little bit since 2016. I was only 15 in 2016 when Donald Trump was elected to be the president of the United States. And I spent four years defending Donald Trump's uh, America First policy, defending him in the classroom. I uh, have kind of tokened that, that I, I fight for conservatism and Trump in the classroom. So that's what I've done for the last four years. I've fought... Donald Trump against radical left-wing professors, students, administrators, everyone. I also helped to defend many students across this country. Look, a lot of people weren't lucky like me and lived in a very conservative school district, and a lot of people are afraid that if they speak out against their radical professors or their radical teachers or principals or whoever, that they will be ridiculed, and they'll be grade docked, which if you don't know what grade docking is, it's when they drop your grade uh, simply because they don't like you, simply because in this case, you support Donald Trump, you support uh, pro-life, pro-gun, and you are for America first. With that being said, I am a contributor with Campus Reform, meaning whenever I find some story that of some teacher doing absolutely crazy work or some college being overly, overly biased, I report on it because that is important. The, the future of America is right is in college right now. My generation will decide what happens. Gen X is overwhelmingly conservative. The millennial generation is overwhelmingly liberal. My generation will be the biggest thing because I saw a statistic a couple of years ago that by the 2028 election, my generation will be the biggest voting block in the country. And I don't know about you, but I want to live under a Republican-led country led by the conservative ideals of limited government, limited uh, uh, personal responsibility, limited government, and liberty. That is what the Founding Fathers guaranteed to us, and that's what I want to live by. So every Monday, I'm right here, 8 to 10 a.m., whether you're listening to this uh, on the radio or you're listening to this on the internet live stream, I'm right here. If you ever have any questions at all, you can email me, noah at noahring.org. Uh, that's my personal email. I check that too many times a day, honestly. Uh, you can also text me at 912-254-4838, 912-254-4838. But what I really seek to do with this podcast, with this radio show, is I seek to give my generation what is needed for them to fight back against the radical left on college campuses because I've seen firsthand what happens when one-party rule comes to these college campuses. You think can't you think California's bad? Wait until you step foot on a college campus because at least in California, you have the protections of the Constitution of the United States. At college, you don't have those protections. So that's, what I, that's who I am. That's what I'm doing. And that's why I... And I appreciate you the American people, the great people of America listening and giving me this platform to be able to speak to you for, you know, roughly two hours a day, which my sixth grade teachers told me that I'd never make anything in my life talking so much, but look who has proved her wrong. Now, with that being said, make sure that you come back tomorrow at 8 a.m., 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. every single morning. We have great guests on all the time. We've interviewed uh, former Secretary of the Agriculture, Sonny Perdue. We've interviewed Marjorie Taylor Greene, Mike Collins, uh, 
Congressman Gary Graves. We've interviewed all these people. We've interviewed senators, congressmen, governors, uh, all these people who candidates as well, and just interesting people. We had on a guy named uh, Alejandro who used to be a member of Antifa and now and Black Lives Matter, and now he is one of the biggest people fighting back against those very organizations. So we have on great guests all the time, and we bring you the news that nobody else is going to bring you. You're not going to find these headlines on Fox News because I have a lot of I have a lot of people throughout the country who are looking for stories uh, that are happening in high schools and colleges and even even really some corporations. And Fox News doesn't cover those for whatever reason, so I guess I have to do that. So I hope that you will tune back in tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. as we take on the left one more time. I don't know how long I'll have this platform. I don't know how long I'll be on social media, but we will take on the left one more time tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., uh, ending at 10 a.m. So it's perfect for your morning commute. And also, if you can't listen to this live, you know, some people are busy, whatever. I do typically upload the first hour, first 40 or so minutes of the first hour to the podcast, which you can find at noahring.org. But thank you so much for tuning in today, and we will see you on the other side. Do you sometimes get the sense that debates about America's role in the world are predictable and often disconnected from reality? Our new podcast tries to change that. None of the Above offers new ideas to help confront America's global challenges. Subscribe to None of the Above today. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com smartmarketing MailChimp, built for growing businesses.